But, uh, but going back to the hustle, obviously food stalls are everywhere. But the other one as well, and this is what I was saying to you in the van, but obviously we saved it for the podcast. Um, I went to, uh, made a friend over there, Jam, her name is, and she's yep. got like a mini bar, which is just on, on the street. Hold on, let me just take, take one step down. back. You made a friend over there. You knew about Jam before you went out. Yeah, so how did you hear about it? Because this so, is what I find interesting about the whole thing. So there's a this guy, there's a guy on YouTube called Jeff Carter, yep. um, which you should go and follow some of his videos. It's great. It's just a geezer. I think he's from Manchester or somewhere. And he goes to Thailand. He goes to a few different places as well. And he kind of just vlogs a few things. But okay. he's a really down-to-earth guy, and you kind of just get to know him. Uh, and so we started watching his videos about Thailand. He, he goes on Koh Tao, he, he finds Jam and Jam's mini bar. So that's how we found out about this mini bar and where yep. it was. So when we went, we said hello to her, said, oh, we saw you on YouTube, blah, blah, blah. End up having drinks with her. Obviously, we're buying them, so she's going to keep... She's, <laughs> she's your best, mate. Um, yeah. But yeah, so we had drinks with her. We then went uh, out that evening with her. We also met up with her a couple of days later for food and that. So it was, a, it was a whole thing. But yeah, looking at what she had there, I'm not sure on what kind of the rules and regs are in Thailand in general. But she just had this mini bar. On the, on the side of a street, outside of a bar, opposite yep. a bar. She was blaring music out, she was serving drinks, and she was making money. She was making probably nearly 200 quid a night, and that was probably in a couple of hours. What's the size of this I, I spent I spent 100 quid when we were there myself, so she's she's creaming it. What's the size of this, this pop-up bar that she's got? Um, probably, probably a meter and a half wide. Uh, you can kind of sit at the front, and obviously she's around the back of it. It's a bit. It's oh deep. wow! Okay. It's 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 something you could have in your house, basically. Yeah. It's like a kitchen counter, more or less. And did you know like, how long she's been there? No, but she's been there a while. Okay. She's, she's got. She's doing a lot of other things as well. She's quite a busy woman. But just this little mini bar itself is only open two or three hours a day. Wow. Okay. And it's it's she, so like, she's like, crushing it she, over she's, there. she's creaming it and like obviously 200 quid doesn't sound like a lot of money but drinks are a lot cheaper as well drinks are a lot cheaper and 200 pound a night on anyone's wages so it's a solid effort cool man. and obviously there's you, you're allowed to drink in the street and things like that so I was thinking if, I, if you could do something like that in England yeah. like for example in Ashby would be on the high street would be great yep. that would cream it but you, you can't just pop up a bar on the side of the street, play music out into the open, serve alcohol to people in the street. You've got to have it fenced off. You've got to have yeah. There's these. a lot. There's a lot more regs. I know that some of the regs are there for a reason. But do you think going over to Thailand and then coming back across here? Do you think it's just? Do you think there's there's too many barriers for startups in the UK or just around regs and just trying to do your own thing and hustle? <laughs> it just it just seems like over here. And some, some rules and regs are there for a reason, but it definitely, there's a strong vibe that people just want to take every penny that you earn, basically. Yeah. Or they want, they want a slice of your pie without... Yeah, yeah, cook, cooking a pie themselves. I mean, that's what I said to you yesterday. It's amazing how many bills that I get every single month mm. of people that just want to bill me for trying to build a business. Like, the, the, the amounts of money spent on just administration taxes services you need to hit the regs it's just ridiculous like um, I, d I don't mind contributing to taxes and things like that obviously because that's that's kind of how our system works but yeah. like it's like you their fees don't grow in comparison to like your income it's like right this is we just take a flat rate yeah so if you're if you're not earning enough then you're gonna go out of business yeah good luck this is what you need to earn to play the yeah. game sort of match you um 
Okay, so one thing you said at the beginning is you literally switched <clears throat> off. Okay. Mm. How did you do that? Because I think it's really important for people to listen is when you do take a break. It's like even just, break. like, admittedly, I, I like message you once or twice, but not that often. Um, like, how did you take a break? Well, that, the was reason- it forced? It was, <laughs> yeah. And situation. that's kind of the reason why you could only message me a couple of times is because I went out there, because last time I went, I got a, a Thai SIM card or a travel SIM card, whatever. Yep. So I had mobile data. This time, my phone that I've got was locked to EE. So I couldn't get a SIM card. He puts it in, it just didn't work. Yep. Um, so I was limited to Wi-Fi. The missus had uh, mobile data, which was fine. The wife. But I tethered to her. We rinsed through her data, and, and she was throttled about a weekend to, uh, what really? is it, like 256 yeah. <laughs> Whoops. So yeah, so I was limited to no internet and no, no cellular, no, I couldn't make a phone call or anything unless I was in the hotel room where I was on really poor Wi-Fi yep. or whether I was in a restaurant with Wi-Fi as well, which is normally great over there. But because of all the weather that they've been having, the islands, all the internet was just severely suffering. So I was somewhat forced to be disconnected. But it was... Was it nice? It was, was really, it refreshing? really nice to... Like, if you just turn your phone on airplane mode and, and just see how much you try and do and then realise you can't do because you've not got the internet. Yeah. It's like, that's the biggest... It just becomes a biggest, dumb brick yeah. then, doesn't it? And like a previous phone I had, uh, there was an issue with mobile data on that. So I turned it off because it was killing the battery for some reason. Yeah. So I only I could only make phone calls and send texts unless I was on Wi-Fi. Yeah. And that that worked just as well because I wasn't on Facebook, I wasn't on emails, I wasn't on Safari or anything like that. Yeah. I was truly unplugged unless someone needed to contact me. And you'd be surprised how little people want to get in touch with you on, on a the normal phone, phone call no, or no. a text message. Everyone's on WhatsApp, they're on Facebook. The It's crazy. Yeah, so I think the, the thing is for me on that is because I, I kind of, not as to the extent because I was on friends and family for over Christmas, but I kind of unplugged from work over Christmas. Mm. And I actually used airplane mode on my phone a lot just yeah. for me in the house. Um, I kind of tried to translate that now, and you'll see it at my desk. Is when I'm at my desk and I'm doing it, I'm either, I've either got my headphones on now mm. if I just don't want to be disturbed by the office, and my phone is face down now yeah. so I don't That's get disturbed. Because my, my laptop rings if someone calls and no one ever rings you. <laughs> yeah. You're right, no yeah. one ever calls you. It's always WhatsApp. I've even got clients on WhatsApp now, like Jamie just messaged me um, on WhatsApp. Uh, I've now got a WhatsApp group with two clients, which is just crazy. Um, but I think having the, being able to focus or you did it for unplugging for relaxation, but I think when you're at work as well, just being able to just switch off comms yeah. and just focus on the project is, is important. So you ready? You ready for getting back into the swing of things? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> I, I am because I'm, I'm rested and, and ready to start 2017. Married. Uh, married. Married man. It's good. But yeah, I have been away for a long time. Yeah. And I thought not a lot had changed. So when I get home... The family's all like, yeah, not a lot's happened, you know, just got back to work, it's January into it, everyone's kind of just just taking it easy, winding in again. I then speak to you on the Sunday, <laughs> and you fill me in on changes. 
Yeah, yeah. so um, <laughs> I, I didn't want Harry stepping into the office without a bit of a heads up of what's happening. I mean, we've got some of the office changes and bits like that. Yeah, um, I, I thought we were just having a friendly coffee and you were going to give me the really peppy like, now nah, you're back, you're ready to hit the ground running. It was like, I don't need this until Monday. <laughs> did, you get, did, you get, did you get nervous when I went and fetched the iPad? Like, I was like, I no, I, I, I didn't, didn't think, think anything of it because okay. you've always got a device and I thought okay. I wanted to just, just do something. I don't know. It's just, I, I just thought it's just Adam. Okay. He's, he's got I'm surprised he's not got his Mac with him. <laughs> so so, my, my, so what we did is we jumped into, uh, we, had a, we had a good chat, went for a coffee together. Um, briefed them up on where we are showed you the role of what, what's needed in the business um, and we're having a, a good chat through that probably probably later today or tomorrow actually because I'm, I'm out of the office on Thursday um, and today is Tuesday the 24th 24th um, but yeah this is more of a this, I wanted this to be more of like a, just a general trip report we've got so many questions by the way yeah I saw that you've been putting out a couple of Lone Ranger episodes. Lone Ranger episodes, mate. We've got a bunch of questions which I got lined up. A lot of them I didn't want to cover off because it feels like you'd have more input on them than me. Um, Ash is doing our social for us. So I noticed a couple of the quality Instagram of- posts going up and yeah. some Facebook bits. It's like Adam's really like stepped his game up. Here. Oh no, no, he's no, no, <laughs> no, that's Ash. Uh, so uh, big thanks to Ash. He's building the audience up, uh, which is awesome, which motivates us. Um, and just like what Ash is doing on the side as well it, it looks like he's building his own social media agency he wants to do this full time and, and sort of build his own agency um, and one his help with the show is awesome looking forward to meeting him and I told him I said with what we're doing now with the role changes like we could be a client of his mm. um, he's already seen that like he's nailing it which is good, yeah, good. Um, so yeah <clears throat> anything else to add? no uh, bring on 2017 but it's, uh, it's been good Oh, good sorry. to get back on the podcast as well. Actually, good. For, I have missed. I have genuinely missed it. It's good, man. It's been really. I, did, I haven't put many shows out, but it was the break mm-hmm. and bits like that. And then with all the changes in the office, I didn't want to put too much out. Um, but we've got loads of that stuff to cover off. Um, one thing that we are doing now is we do the masterclasses every two weeks for expert trades. I put the content marketing for trades masterclass out. Yeah. I pulled the audio from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, also got a transcript of that video done, so we might put that out um, through the startup diary. Um, but that's actually now going to go out permanently onto the podcast because that got some really good. We got what, two, the two yeah, we got oh, two okay. emails instantly within an hour and a half of it going live saying. So I asked at the end of the masterclass if this is something you want us to do is just side content for the yeah. stuff that we're doing with trades to put it up. Um, so yeah, uh, we're going to put those out. I was about to say something. Ash has asked me um, as a way to do short form questions um, rather than emails. He's asked me if you want to ask us a question on Twitter. And make sure you do this, guys, because this is Ash's idea and it's a way for him to see just how much stuff comes in. Tweet at us. It's... (laughs) (laughs) That vacant look. (laughs) The panic that just set on your face as you realise you don't know the Twitter handle. I'm going to say at our startup diary. No, at our startup show. That's my one. I'm going with that one. So on Twitter, we are at our startup diary. But use the hashtag Ask Startup Diary. So ask your question, followed by the hashtag Ask Startup Diary, and we'll get it directly onto the show. We'll also follow you back. We're also going to build a list of people that are listeners. So help us out here. Help Ash out. If you got this far on the show, and this is just a trip report, which is a bit of a different one to what we're normally doing, um, our Startup Diary on Twitter. If you have a question for the show, use the hashtag, hashtag Ask Startup Diary, and we'll get it onto the show. Anything else, Harry? 
That's it for now, buddy. Cool, Lucy, just call me and go and grab it from downstairs. Cool. Harry, you're back. I am. I'm gonna put this mic in front of me because it makes me feel more comfortable. <laughs> so, so on that note, just to cover off, the audio might sound a little bit odd today. We don't know how this is gonna come out, but we, we were committed to doing a show. Is the fact that one of our, what are these called again? Audio Technica mics? Audio Technica AT2020 XLR mics. We just plugged it into the Zoom and uh, one of them seems to have died. I haven't noticed it because Harry's been away for the last six months. So, um, yeah, we're going to have to get that fixed. But we're plugged in the road mic and uh, we'll try and match it up and see how it sounds. Yeah, I'm sure I'm coming through crystal clear. I think the road mic gets really good audio. Oh, it's good. Considering. Oh, it's really good. How small it is. So, Harry, people have heard me rambling on for a little bit without you. From your side of things, where you been, man? I've been on honeymoon. I've literally been away from work for a month. So and like actually I've forgotten what my job is. I've forgotten how to. We'll get onto that in a second because there's a few <laughs> there's a few changes that. Uh, but yeah, no, that the audience good. knew about before you. I'm going to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I actually listened to that episode last night. Okay. And I was like, good job. I didn't listen to this. Exactly. Because <laughs> that would I, I just made me out. I just made the assumption that uh, that you weren't listening. Um, but before we get into all that, talk about Thailand, man. Yeah, it was beautiful. Uh, well, most of it was beautiful. Uh, I was there for three weeks. Yep. Bangkok, scorching hot. That was Bangkok was scorching hot the whole time I was there. We then went down to the islands, Koh Samui and Kotel, and we were over on the islands for about nine days, okay. ten days. Um, and a good seven of those, it was basically just a disaster zone. They had torrential downpour, floods everywhere. Literally wading through water that's as high as my waist just to get to the shop. But people were just cracking on with things like nothing had happened. Because I guess that's kind of just what you got to do. So you, you take that sort of thing that happened over there and put it into the UK. Oh, we'd be shut down. Shut just down. be at an Every absolute standstill. People don't people don't come to work because their driveway is frosty and they can't get up the hill. <laughs> so true. So, but there, no word of a lie. People would drive. By the way, that, is, that doesn't through. fly here because I'll come pick you up. <laughs> But people were driving through knee-high water on their scooters. Uh, the scooters were just dying, and they were just pulling it out, emptying the water out, and carrying on. So it was just—it's like the people that could work, and like if they could open for business, they would. Yeah. So restaurants, people were like basically swimming to go and get a bite to eat, and their business was booming because the three bars next to them were shut because they were flooded. So. It was sad for some people, good for others, but everyone chipped in and helped each other out and things like that. So. And on that note, did you see like a sense of community over there or was it every yeah. man for himself? Oh no, de- with the like everyone's, it was a case of everyone's just cracking on like it's not happened at all. Okay. Uh, but people helped each other out. There was guys, they were all working in diggers throughout the night for three days straight, just moving sand around. Because they've obviously built everything really fast without the thought of... Um, what's the word like irrigation well just funneling the water away yep. from things so everything just flooded so okay. these trucks are moving the sand to filter all the water down just one street instead of 12 okay, fine. <laughs> so after after about three days of, of non-stop graft from these people the the flood levels had dropped because the water was flowing kind of out of the way so yeah it was it was hard work from a lot of the locals there but they all chipped in and helped each other out so 
So obviously one of the things that we're going to be talking about um, on the show is like the changes and bits and, and all that good stuff that's happened in the company. Um, well, that's currently going through now. Mm. But you've actually got an interview regarding a role. Yeah. Uh, either tomorrow or Thursday. So before we go into the roles and bits like that and how you're taking it and all that, um, we'll probably cover that off on the next show uh-huh. once, we, once we know where we are completely. Um, but you mentioned something yesterday in the van on the way back, which was just like the degree of hustle over in Thailand. Yes. Talk to, talk to me about that. Like, I want that to be... I want to learn about that more than anything on the show, and I want, I want people who are listening to, to enjoy the story with me. Yeah, so, so Thailand kind of, uh, is well-known for things like its street food, street vendors, things like that. Uh, and that's kind of just one of the many different... Because I get the impression with Thailand, there's, there's a, a range from very poor to very wealthy. Like You can spend, as li- you can spend a pound on a full meal with a drink, or you can spend £150 on, on less. <laughs> when, when you say that, so is, like that the, is that in the same, like within the same vicinity, or is yeah, it like li- the different parts in, of Thailand? In one of the hotels we stayed at, um, which was getting on for about £100 a night, obviously yep. we're on honeymoon, so you're going to splash out a little bit. Nice hotel, great, great service and everything, but literally outside and just five yards down, there was a couple of street vendors selling whether it was pad thai or meat on a stick for like 50 baht, which is about a quid. Wow. And, but those street vendors are literally like everywhere. Anywhere there's a lot of footfall or there's uh, a lot of locals live by there. I think the way they work is they just work every day what feels like about 15, 16 hours a day. Okay. They, they don't go to sleep till midnight. They, they're up at six every day and all they do is just their food stores or their shop if they've got one. So they're working all the time, but they look, they look, they look quite chilled sometimes. So obviously that's just kind of, that's yep. their downtime, but everyone's there just to make a bit of money, obviously just to get them by. So not everyone's living it up, yep. but they're earning, they're just making money to get them by. So but do you think from a, like a, a business perspective, do you think it's just easier for these guys, I guess less regulated? Can they just like pop up if they go, wow, that corner has so many tourists pass by I'm going to go and pop up a shop, well, get a little hob and, and start yeah, yeah. making some pad well, thai. I, I can't imagine that there's many um, food, standard, food standard agencies walking around and quizzing them. Okay. Don't get me wrong, I've not, I, you, no one's getting ill over there, obviously, because they're cooking yep. the food and things like that. But obviously over here, whether you have a, a chip van on the side of the road or a full... Um, bricks and mortar establishment you have to follow the same rules and regs for food hygiene food yep. safety health and safety obviously my dad's got the pasty wagon that we do at festivals they follow the same rules as some fancy restaurant in, the, in a big city yep over there they literally have just a, a wagon with a hot plate and like raw raw food just kind of next to each other and things like that so there's less People just aren't as fussed, but no one, no one gets ill, so I don't, I don't know what's better or worse. But and at, outside the street food side, like what is, what does business look like over in Thailand? Is it so they they? But, but when you said last time that you went, you said like every four shops were the same. I think it was like yeah. a food shop, a suit shop. There's suits. There's uh, kind of clothes. There's knickknacks. There's suits. There's kind of clothes. There's food. There's knickknacks. It's just rinse and repeat. All the all the people walking on the beaches are selling the same things. Everyone barters on price. Say so you'll okay. see unless it says no discounts or whatever. Yeah. Every price that you see is negotiable. 
Okay. And depending on how good you are at negotiation, depends on how cheap you get it. So it's, talk to it, me about it, that. How was your negotiation? Cheap. How was your negotiation? So, or just thinking about it, did, was it easier to negotiate because of the weather? Because of the lack of business that they were getting. So that uh, impact again, makes? the weather didn't really make much of a difference. There was okay. an increase in sales of ponchos okay. uh, because it was just raining so damn much. Um, but other than that, business was business was normal for a lot of these guys. Um, and as the holiday went on, you realize, because you kind of, when something's, say, I don't know, 400 baht, you want to barter with it, maybe. It's not like four quid, uh, eight quid. It's like 45 baht to the pound at the moment. Okay, so, so like, okay. Whereas yeah, it quid. used to be like 55, so it's dropped a bit, obviously Brexit. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so you start off bartering and you think, oh, you don't want to go in too low. So you go, instead of 400, you say, how about 300? And then obviously you, you end up selling it at 350. Yep. But then by the end of it, you realize you just got to push it. So if it's 400, you start at 100, and then you realize that they can already pretty much knock half of the price off anyway. So you, okay. so, and some places, if you look at it, whatever the item is, like a pair of shorts, for example, I was just looking to get a feel for how much things were. I asked how much, she says 650. I was like, oh, okay, maybe later. Uh, she goes, well, how much do you want it for? I'm like, uh, I'm just looking. I'll probably come back in a bit because it was just outside of Is that because so. you were being polite? You no, didn't, I, I genuinely was say. just looking now because I was thinking okay. of grabbing some shorts, but I was going to get some food, so I'd come back in a bit. But as that process of me literally just trying to leave and go and get some food, she knocked her own price down from 650 to 350 Wow. She was like, 350 if you take it now. I'm like, I'm, I, I was, just I was want to go and get some food. <laughs> so, so everything was negotiable. Um, and did you, like, just on a, uh, on a sales front, you've done the sales and the business and bits like that. Do you actually think that you've picked up anything that you would then take I, away? It feels like you've got to be a, like, more direct over there. Yeah, so basically... Because they're used to it a little bit. Yeah, def- and that's kind of the thing. Like, you don't feel as awkward doing the things because you know you're in an environment where bartering, for example, is the way. Yeah. Whereas in England, you can barter on prices, but not many people do because it's not the done thing. Have you heard about the, the Costa Coffee Challenge or the Starbucks Challenge? Did I tell you about it? Where this? you ask for, what is it, like 10% off or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I can't remember who it was. So I'm, I'm sorry, I can't give I think it, Tim Ferriss mentioned it. It was, um, t- it was Tim Ferriss, but it was one of the guys that he had on this show um, that he got it from. Um, but the idea is really simple. is In the UK, we don't barter and we don't ask. We just price is what The you, price is what it says it is. Uh, and they set a challenge that next time you go, and actually, if anyone does this, I'll be super impressed, but next time you go to Costa or Starbucks or any one of these places and you get to the till, just ask for 10% off. Mm. And then don't follow up with your, I'm only joking and don't worry. Uh, uh, no, just, just, like, try, yeah, just, just, stare. just stare and then <laughs> let the silence fill the room until they feel the need to say something. You're going to feel super awkward when you do it. But once you do it the first time, you'll realize... Actually, there's no harm if, in it. If you don't if, ask, if you, you don't, don't ask. You don't, you don't get. get. Um, and I did it, and uh, I, I did it when I listened to the podcast. I, I'm naturally, I don't really mind. I'm just mm, happy to just, yeah, yeah. yeah. Can I get ten percent off? And they're like, um, we don't have any offers running. I'm like, no, I know. I just, I shop at Costa a lot, um, and I just, as a loyal customer, I just thought you'd want to give me ten percent off uh, once in a while. Uh, I didn't get ten percent off, oh, yeah. but just the process of asking for it, I think, is really, really interesting to push people out of the comfort zone. And that principle applies as well to any shop, whether it's clothes or anything like that. If you don't ask, you don't know. For example, uh, the missus went to where was it? I think it was like River Island or yeah. something, and there was like, uh, uh, there was a thread slightly loose on it. You'd never notice it anyway. Yeah. But 
but she said there's a thread on this one. Have you, she, she asked if they've got one that's perfect and it's not got a dodgy thread on it. And they go, we haven't got any left, but I could knock you 15% off, you just can't return it. So that's like so an instant she, thing, so post on the floor. The staff have obviously been told that they can knock a certain amount off if certain criteria Issue with the garment. So if you go in, say you buy three, four items of clothing, there's go, no reason why you can't say, them. can I get a bit of discount on these things? Yeah. Because I'm buying in bulk. Depending on who's working determines whether they can actually give you any discount other than that yeah. 10% or whatever. But well, I th- it's I always think, worth asking. I think just that... I think the I like the idea of it because it just puts you outside your comfort zone. What mm. I think is really really important to just get used to. 